0: Buddy, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 157th episode of the podcast, airing June 19th, 2023. Now, in this episode, I'm pleased to welcome back special guest Catherine Urban to join me on the program to chat about cancer solstice season 2023. Now Catherine and I discussed the turning of the quarterly seasons and what this year's solar journey through the moon ruled crab territory has to offer. We talk about the big shifts that are in sight with cardinal lunar quarters, the nodes ingressing into the Aries-Libra axis and Venus stationing retrograde while Pluto activates the bending of the nodes. We both agreed that the meat of Cancer season is at the very end. So get ready for the dynamic celestial configurations that are heading our way. Now to follow along as we step through the charts, you can always tune into this video version of the episode on YouTube. Now, if you would like to support this program, come on over to energeticprinciples.com where you can leave a tip or you can book a personal consultation with me or, and, or, and, or you can also sign up for the monthly transit newsletter I release called the heavenly wind, which will be going out at the beginning of every month. So July 1st coming up soon, there'll be a new issue headed to the inbox. So definitely sign up for that. All right, well, this is a brief intro here uh, to lead you into the program. I will say caveat that this, this cancer crab is recovering from a bit of a sickness. So <laughs> I'm keeping it short and sweet this time. And you will notice that I was quite, uh, I was feeling it while we were recording the other day. So uh, bear with me with this episode, but I know you'll enjoy it anyways. So without further ado, Who is ready to hear all about cancer solstice season 2023? Here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right, all right, all right. I am so happy to welcome back to the Energetic Principles podcast. We have Katherine Urban with us here today to talk all about cancer solstice season 2023. Thanks for joining me again, Catherine. Thank you so much, Mel. Happy to be back. Yeah, I have has been on the podcast one or two times. Two times? I think, twice. Times. I yeah, I think times. twice. Yeah, I think twice. Yeah. She's a tour de force with with uh forecasting. That's why that's why I like her.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I think the last time I was here it was also a cardinal season. It was Aries, the Aries in Yeah. 22. Big so. episode. Yeah. yeah. So
0: Well, I know. And you have well, you have some Aries placements. I know you have some cancer placements. I got all the Cardinal placements. Yeah. So So. that's (laughs) clearly why uh, Catherine has been invited to talk all things Cardinal here today. But before we get started, because we do have a lot to talk about, it is a juicy season, especially at the end of it. Uh, For those who have not heard Catherine before, uh, share a little bit about yourself with the listeners.
1: Yeah. So I've got like an eclectic astrological background. Um, I would consider myself a pretty nerdy astrologer. Um, I have not stopped learning. It seems like for 15 years now, I've been in the intense study phase for 15 years, it seems like. (laughs) And there's there's just always more to learn with astrology. Like never think you know everything with astrology. So yeah, my practice is largely a consulting practice. uh, But I also am a horary astrologer. I also do electional and I, and I teach astrology and I do forecasting. So you can find me on YouTube, on Instagram. Um, I'm a lot of places.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A lot of places telling you about all the things. And you know, I, you know, I think you have to be an eternal, well, A, when you sign up for the astrology, which none of us actually do. It just happens to us, I, I'm noticing, you know. We're, it, it's, it, we're all eternal students at it. I think that's what makes it so much fun, is like you can't, even if you've learned it before, you can come back like 10 years later, relearn it, and you're gonna be looking at it from a different lens. And if anything, I think that's what makes, you know, a good astrologer, a good astrologer, because that's what, I mean, that's a lot of times, that's what's missing in, you know, school systems of just teachers, you know, because essentially astrologers, you know, we're forecasting this stuff, but a lot of us teach um and we're disseminating some sort of information so to keep it fresh and to keep your mind you know engaged and curious is such a valuable asset uh to the practice um and to life in general right <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah yeah so we have um so much to talk about with cancer solstice season uh, we are recording just FYI days before well, days before a new moon in Gemini squaring Neptune, uh, which is going to have a a flavor um over this cancer season, of course, with our lunar cycle. Um, and Catherine and I are actually recording under a Taurus moon that is sextile Neptune. <laughs> so we are we are definitely into that Neptune vibe here. Um but yeah, let's let's get in there. We have so much to talk about. Um and I mean, number one is like when we get to cancer season, it's the solstice summer solstice here in the Northern hemisphere, of course, um, in the winter, which always baffles me (laughs) over in the Southern hemisphere, but Catherine, what, I mean, what are some quick blurbs or just insights into just solstice in general, in, in your mind, especially the summer solstice?
1: Yeah. So the summer solstice represents the longest day of the year in the Northern hemisphere and the shortest day of the year in the Southern hemisphere. Uh, so yeah, that, that presence of of light how we have like the longest day is largely one of the things that marks this the energy of cancer and cancer being a sign associated with life giving um mm. being a water sign associated with the womb and the, the beginning of life you know we see cancer on the ascendant of the thema mundi and what better for a sign um to be to be on the ascendant of the thema Moon, be then a sign associated with with creation. So that's really what Cancer has has a lot to say about. And and yeah, the Moon has its rulership here, and the Sun has experiences its longest day of the year in in the North. So there's a lot of luminary energy here and light giving, life giving. So that's one of the things that we can visually observe. So even if you're not an astrologer, chances are you're familiar with the summer solstice.
0: Yeah. And I mean, well, it's always interesting to me who likes what seasons, right? You know, a lot of times it just depends on when you're born, but being a summer baby myself, you know, when the when summer rolls around, you know, there's just this, this burst of life, you know, life force with the, the heat of the sun and the, the elongated, you know, days and, um, just feeling like, I don't know, just, it just I love the pointing out of the, the luminary connection, right? Because I mean, when we think about cancer and Leo season back to back, we, we, we've got moon and and sun territory and there really is just this strong life-giving force that is the bloom of summer right um and and I always get really excited about it you know so I'm I'm thrilled it could be like I'm a cancer you know I'm born during this time so it's always like birthdays around the birthdays around the corner although the older you get you know what Not as exciting, but (laughs) not as exciting, but I'll be getting out of eighth house perfection year this year. So that is exciting. That is exciting.
1: Yes. And and beyond birthdays, you know, cancer season is just like a time for gathering. Like I feel like Mm. the energy of cancer is just very much about um, who's on your inside circle you know cancer is is represented by the crab it has that tough outer shell that shell acts as a protective mechanism but once you get on the inside of cancer's embrace it's nice and squishy in there there's lots of love to be shared if you are inside of cancer's circle so i always think of cancer season as like summer active but you're you may be drawn to gather with people who feel like home to you yeah
0: yeah, it's very I, any water sign is very connective. That's the whole uh you know uh that's the whole vibe of water. We want to we want to merge, we want to connect, we want to care, we want to love, we want to you know create good times together and have tasty food, you know, I think about all this energy that's going to run together when uh with between Cancer and Taurus this year. You know, this is a very uh these are signs that like a like comfort like a good time like tasty things like to maybe just sit out and and bask in in the sun and at the by, by the pool you know get your water signs in there yeah. um so there's it, your water yeah. There's your water and the thing with cancer too is that uh you know we always think about it as a sign that talks about self-nurturance um you know and there is that once again kind of playing into the the luminary theme because we got a lot of energy going on in leo this season too obviously we're go- we're going to be talking about a special venus uh who's going to be doing some things on the Intense. last of cancer season here <laughs> yeah. um but you know there is this connection with cancer being self-nurturance and leo being self-love and in order to have that sort of segue of the two I feel like the nurturance part has to come first to really uh connect with the love component um mm-hmm. and so you know sometimes it's about coming home to yourself or being at home in your own skin and and what you need um at this point in your in your life whatever that looks like for the for everyone listening Oh yeah
1: you can't draw from an empty well mm. if not i've tried me too (laughs) it doesn't work (laughs) so yeah cancer season i hope everyone out there who's listening is doing activities that feel like you're giving back to yourself that you're watering yourself in a way um i have one more little cancerian anecdote uh do you think about the the crab being like a sidestepping creature Mm, but it's a cardinal sign so i I'm teaching my daughter how to water in the garden, and she wants to take the hose and spray the the little tiny plant dead on. And I'm like, no, you gotta (laughs) you gotta go at an angle. You gotta kind of like tilt the water up in the air so it kind of rains out. And so I just think about that cancerian nurturing energy as like coming in it from the side or just doing something in like a non kind of like direct way yeah yeah no that's Um, funny i can just imagine her
0: out there with the hose just like this poor little seedling just getting doused (laughs) oh yeah
1: getting pelted yeah so cancer energy right (laughs) yeah Yeah. so cancer energy is supposed to be a little gentler (laughs) um yeah and i think the most for the most part of the season it's a little gentler until the end. What do you what do you think, Mel? Yeah, the end when I was putting the other the notes
0: for um our, our forecast here, you know, like It's always kind of this play by play action. And then I started to get I'm like, oh, yeah, that's going to happen. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's going to happen. And then I get to the end of cancer season. I was like, oh, Jesus, (laughs) that is that's quite the lineup, right? When you start to see it just all on the paper so that, you know, I feel like there's a big build um, that is happening in cancer season that might sound might start off a little uh, fuzzy and interesting uh, just because, you know, the kind of the lunar overview for this season is uh you know we are coming off that late degree gemini new moon that square um neptune uh which has been a hot spot part of the zodiac for quite some time times so the mars retrograde mercury the year before that venus the year before that so it's it's almost like it's interesting how the sun's coming around and doing this new moon um to sort of wrap up you know almost three years of, of transits that have uh, traversed over that um, particular area of the zodiac, but you know anything with Neptune, like you know, especially these mutable energies and this transitionary, and what's you know what's real? What are what are the facts? What are the fantasies? What are the dreams? How do we get the information to like y- you know uh, push those forward? And it's a strong, interesting transition mixed with uh, dreamy energy and, and also dissolution to some extent because when we go into this, you know, cancer season, we're going to have that full moon in capricorn first and then we're going to wrap up with a new moon in cancer, but we have all cardinal corner quarters. So when you have cardinal quarters, life be moving, right? You know, like the cardinal is all about the the pivot and the action um and the start and the beginning. So to think about all that kind of leading up to that hot spot end of the uh season is I, it feels a little hold on to your hats. It
1: might be a slow start, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Brace yourself. Stay with us till the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, stay with us to the end. And we, we have decided not to meander too much today so that we can spend some time on the end because there is a lot going on. And I would just say as a caveat, I am sick today. I don't know how it happened. Maybe it's the Neptune vibes, but I am totally. I'm, I am pulling it together. I'm pulling it together, people. So if, I, if I'm a little... Here or there or all over <laughs> the place, bear with me. Bear with me. We'll be sending you the feel good vibes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, let's talk about some of the other things that are uh happening here. You know, with Mercury, this season we're gonna have Mercury is uh on a mission, right? You know, we're in that oh, yeah. fast stage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mercury is, uh, is just cruising. We start off with Mercury in Gemini, and then we're going to have a uh, superior Kazemi in Cancer, um, and then we'll move on to Leo, all in one season. Um, and Mars is hanging out in Leo, but we'll move to Virgo, and uh, getting closer to the opposition with Saturn, uh, which we will be talking about here. Um, yeah. But, of course, uh you know, and Neptune's gonna be stationing retrograde. You know, when we have a, a planet station retrograde, that's that's big news. Um, but two main things I think that are happening during the season is another planet station retrograde, and that is Venus and Leo, which is big news. Um, but also we have the nodes officially switching into Aries and and Libra. Um, so any, any thoughts on any
1: one of those moves in your mind of like something that might be significant for yeah. energy? Definitely. So I think that the nodal shift is, is important. Um, because well, one, we've already had, we've already had one eclipse in Aries. So that can sometimes happen where the nodes haven't yet shifted signs, but the lunation occurs close enough to that, uh, node where you can get, um, you can get an eclipse in a sign different from where the nodes are. So we've already had our first Aries eclipse. And, um, so yeah, in, in my, many years of, of observing planets and the their shifts and how they feel. The nodal shift, I, I really don't feel that until mm-hmm. um, like the next set of eclipses. So you may not feel that shift, but you may start to see some of the themes, the new themes of the Aries Libra kind of showing up in the collective. Um, I've already started to see it a little bit. Um, I think that there's going to be a distinctive emphasis on relationships. Um, I saw this like really eye-catching article. I think it was in Psychology Today about how we've, as a culture, started to take boundaries too seriously. And, you know, it's been important to learn about boundaries and all that, but we're Many people are just like getting cut off with no explanation and it hurts. So I think some of this balancing along the Aries Libra axis is going to sort of bring back some of those um, negotiating skills, relationship mm-hmm. tips, um, how to sort of be an individual and Harmonize with other people. Like I think we, it, that nodal signature is basically our collective refresher on that topic. And I think we're all, all still maybe a little socially awkward post pandemic. And I think that this will be like the perfect um, energy for us to sort of rebalance those scales, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. There's, and that's an interesting thing about these back to back nodal transits. You know, moving from scorpio and uh taurus to aries and libra as we you know these are the these are the four signs that are venus mars signs so mars yeah venus mars all venus and mars and so we've had all this north node push into the venus area and the taurus and that south node in the mars but now we're going to have the 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 switch um and i like what you're bringing up about just the negotiating factor and also the stimulation of being out there right you know because i mean that's kind of the aries libra access is that partnership and that being able to negotiate our sense of self with the with the union and find uh hopefully balances that work for both parties in ideal uh settings um, but these are also, you know, fire and air signs. So th- these are quicker. These are oh, yeah. these are outward. It's not like still the internalized energy uh, and fixed internalized energy of Taurus and Scorpio. So uh, totally. I think you're absolutely right about sort of that opening, um, opening of life even further after this weird you know, <laughs>
1: weird three years that we have been in. Um, totally. I love that point that you bring up about things kind of picking up. Because as we were chatting before we started recording, uh, there's been sort of like this palpable slowing down. Like a lot of people have been outspoken about that, sort of pulling away, being embodied, being in the moment, sort of slowing things down. And and I think we've got that from such a big emphasis on the fixed signs of just you know, moving a little slower, but yeah, that North node moving into Aries, it's going to, it's going to kick things up. (laughs) High gear. And and that's the thing is like,
0: you know, we don't necessarily, like you said, we might, you know, nodes shift They're, you know, they need to be activated in some way, especially, uh, by eclipses. That's when we feel it the most, but I have a feeling, you know, the unique thing about this shift is going to be that you know, Pluto just moved back into Capricorn only uh, days prior to us recording <laughs> this uh, this <laughs> uh, this podcast. And so that's another thing about the end of this month is that Pluto is basically going to be a square of the nodes. Oh, which... we'll feel that one. So uh, I got to right. correct
1: myself on we, that.
0: <laughs> we will feel that. We won't feel it until that. And then we're like, oh, where did this come from? Excuse me. <laughs> yes, we'll feel it right away
1: with that one. Yes. Yeah
0: so there is that that brewing energy that's going on and of course you know venus uh stationing retrograde you know she's been in leo for a little bit now and is getting getting slower and slower and slower and uh, you know speaking as a i have venus ruling my partnership sector so whenever you know venus is a partnership planet just naturally but whenever venus goes retrograde i'm like "Mm, okay where's this (laughs) guy where's where's this gonna go uh because the la i mean i still have like a little bit of i don't want to i'm i use the word trauma loosely in this sentence <laughs> but from the uh the capricorn the capricorn placement back in um 20 and 21 and 2021 22. 22. yeah so um yeah venus retrogrades are, are interesting uh in their. i like them Except when they get to the, when they get so close to that sun before the rebirth happens, it gets squirrely out there with other people.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. What are your takes on uh, just Venus in in Leo and the retrograding in Leo, Um, the sun sign?
1: Yeah. So this one I feel like is going to be, I mean, anytime Venus goes retrograde, it's a time where there does tend to be a little bit more disharmony i liken venus retrograde to pms where she's a little grouchier and she's a little less willing to let things slide you know she venus wants harmony venus wants cohesion venus is willing to let little things slide without making a big stink out of it because she doesn't like the upset but if it it, if it pokes at her enough, she will say something about it. So Venus retrograde is the chance to to say something about the irritation and to have some discourse about that. And I really think that the um, like the PMSy goddess theme is going to be like very <laughs> relevant because she's going to station retrograde on the same day as Eris goddess of discord and she's gonna be right there next to black moon lilith when she stations retrograde (laughs) so yeah that combined with everything else that we're seeing at the end of cancer season i'm i think it's safe to say that there's going to be a little bit of um disharmony and hopefully it's to to create harmony you know hopefully there's um something about a willingness to fight for something like, um, I know in previous Venus retrogrades, we've seen, um, we've seen social unrest, like in the Venus retrograde in Gemini, we had the George Mm -hmm. Floyd protests. Um, so yeah, there was, the reason for that protest was, you know, obviously to create more equality. So those are things that Venus really cares about. And in Leo, she's passionate, you know, there's, she's fired up about something. Um, and I think, but on a personal level, I think it'll be good. I think there's, you know, three squares with Jupiter. There's like an indulgent side, a treat yourself side. But there's also the three squares with Uranus. So it's Hell like yeah. a liberate yourself, break free, be authentically expressed everywhere, like in your own self-expression as well as in your relationship dynamics and in how you distribute your time. So I think Venus retrogrades are a great check-in for how we sort of allocate our time and energy and also like a, the quality of our relationships as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, at the end of the day, when we think about Venus and her 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 balancing act, uh, you know, we're just looking for, and what we're always looking for in um, outside of ourselves and others that some of us realize and some of us don't is that sense of wholeness within, you know? Uh, and so, thinking about her being fired up in Leo, right? You know, Leo connecting in with the sun and that sense of self and individuality and authenticity and, you know, sovereignty. um, And where that passion lies, is that passion, uh, is it only like festering within, you know? Is it something that needs to be... um, You know, I think about like just Leo almost being like Vesta in the sense of that, you know, internal fire that just keeps going. It's always, it's a fixed fire and it's very creative in that aspect and just keeps us in that state of um, passion and creativity. And if we, you know, just being as a creative, creative person myself, it's like when I slip out of those states, I find you know i'm missing a part of myself um for whatever you know reason however however it got lost or wherever it got misplaced or even if the sense of um what it is that i want to create or uh what it is that i'm attracted to in life and, and that passion shifts you know um and then how to reallocate that to to be in encom- you know encompassed back into my fire so to speak mm-hmm. um and so i feel like I feel like there's going to be a very personal aspect to this venus retrograde um especially when she merges with the sun you know uh in its own domicile right you know it's been a it's been a hot hot moment pun intended uh since was 2015. i think 2015 was the last Mm -hmm. time uh venus and i can think back to my time oh i know exactly what was happening there it was
1: yeah i mean for me it was a really fun summer but i just also remember the marriage equality act and so i think of venus and leo as like born this way kind of thing like um like authentic self expression and i don't know i think it could be a big moment for for trans rights for lgbtq Mm. rights for you know um like i think we may see some pushback especially like with drag like drag is so leo are they leo so i I don't don't know like with eris eris has a lot to do with inclusion and social justice so i think it's gonna be i think this may be the season of pushback so i hope so i i would you know
0: i mean i i generally am irked by matters of injustice but i love me a drag artist i love drag and so coming for the why just, I just don't understand it. I mean, I do understand it. I totally understand it. And that's why it's so frustrating because I see you, I get you, I know what you're doing people, (laughs) you know, Uh, but it's, it's misplaced and it's just very frustrating. Anyways, I hope what you're saying is true, Catherine, because I would love some pushback. Um, and to not to like, you know dim the shine you know that's the, it was like who is anybody to dim another person's shine you know yeah um, totally to, and for reasons that have nothing to do whenever they say it's in and it's about the kids it's never about the kids
1: <laughs> it's never about the kids it's just the propaganda it's covered, the propaganda yeah
0: yeah <laughs> exactly exactly so so it is going to be quite a summer with this Venus retrograde. I know that when I, uh, in 2015, that's actually when we, we, we got, uh, I shared with Catherine earlier that I just went through a progressed new moon, which is big news, um, in, in the progressed chart. So, you know, when you go through a, a new moon, whoo, it's, it's a long time coming. Let's just say that, Oh yeah. um, uh, but around that time of, uh, summer 2015, is actually when i had my progressed last quarter moon and it coincided with that venus retrograde happening uh in leo which for me is my 10th house and, and it's interesting because this venus retrograde is going to be only in leo where that one i think stationed at zero degrees of virgo so there was like a little flavor of virgo that went in you know of her fall sign actually that went into that um but that was, you know, you think about Venus being a place of the arts, right? Um, and Venus, you know, kind of taking on more of that masculine warrior type of energy when she stations uh, retrograde to then be reborn. Um, that's around the time, actually, right before the uh, the Kazemi took place, one of my bandmates, uh, the drummer of one of my bands, uh, had a traumatic brain injury. Oh um, yeah, it was a it was a big thing. Not to say that Venus retrogrades him to do anything of this to people. He's a Leo. He's a super Leo. He was born mm. at a time that every planet was in Leo, which is, I oh. mean, like, every planet except the like moon. Pluto. Yeah, well, not Pluto, but... Okay. <laughs> I, all the personal planets. All the personal planets um, were in Leo. So he's kind of a super Leo. So Venus was retrograding over his uh, stellium of personal planets there. But my point being is that that combined with the progressed moon uh, and the uh, Venus retrograde um, in the 10th house, it repositioned everything that we were doing, right? You know, creatively. Yeah. Because uh, an unexpected thing happened, you know, that we have to, that created discord, disharmony. Because sometimes it's discord and disharmony is not necessarily uh, like a fight. It could just be- something that's in what was considered flowing in your life you know can be dislodged in some way that's a great um, point and uh and that was difficult and luckily he is okay he came out on the other side it was a, it was a miracle christmas miracle um but just anyways but that was my last experience with Venus and Leo so i'm curious as to see cuz it did re end up re um uh, routing me and my creativity for many years to come.
1: So we house, will have
0: yeah, to, yeah, we will have to, we will have to see. Yeah. So that being said, let us get into, let me share my screen here. If you're watching the video on YouTube, we're going to start to look through some of these, some of these transits so that we can get to the end, even though <laughs> we can get to the end and talk about this big lead up that's coming. So, all right. So Catherine, you see the screen. Okay. Here. Yeah. All right, so cancer season is going to officially uh, touch down on June 21st, 2023 at 7.57 a.m. San Diego. So that will be about 10.57. If you're on the East Coast And anywhere else, you do the math there. (laughs) Um, But it is an interesting, you see the moon in uh, Leo there, speaking of, right? The moons in Leo with uh, Venus and, and Mars. And yeah, look at that Lilith right there. I didn't even take that into account. Hmm, my my mind's swirling. But um, we sort of have a, uh, we have an interesting first week uh, of the cancer season with Mercury and Mars. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Mercury being in Gemini, uh, Mars over here in Leo. um, And then with uh, Chiron, there's sort of this flow between Mercury, Mars, and Chiron uh, while the sun is tapping into the nodes. And you know, just Mercury also squaring uh, Neptune a little bit after that. So it's an interesting way to start Cancer season, I think. Um, mercurially speaking,
1: any any thoughts, Catherine? Yeah, I mean, I really like this Mercury Mars sextile. Um, I don't get excited about every sextile in the world, but this <laughs> one is exciting because they're they have reception by bound. They're in ex, they're in each other's bound, and so I think that this one could be um, like a bigger experience of like a Mercury Mars connection in a flowing way. So I think that this could be really supportive for getting stuff done, um, especially mercurial pursuits. So if you need to clean out your inbox or if you just need to, um, if you, I don't know if you're a writer or if there's anything like that, that you have to do, I, th- I think that that one would be really fun, really chatty. I think that would be very, yeah. like um, that would make for like a good party atmosphere, I think, like lots of energy around Absolutely. Um, conversation. So, yeah, I think that that one would be just in general, a really great day to get things done and to hang out and ch- chit chat as well. Um, yeah. This kind of speaks to what you were talking about earlier when we're like talking about summer
0: and, you know, starting to uh, round up the troops and getting out there more and kind of like it's it's got this bursty sort of energy that is uh, not only able to kind of get things done, but just being very um communicative and uh you know on on display and part of the party energy does seem <laughs> to be very fitting um you know it's also one of the things with mercury getting closer to that square with neptune throughout the week too mm-hmm. um thinking about You know, and this is coming from someone who has Mercury and Leo and Mars and Gemini. So the reverse (laughs) reverse position of this, you know, sometimes you're just out there, you're talking to people, you're, you know, you're flapping your lips you could grandstand a little. I'll I'll admit it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, and and so it's interesting to see these, uh, these two together and then kind of running into the the you know either the misconception or the not so sure or why did i say that with the neptune component so it's almost like um if you're out there you know and get the season off to a good start it, things are in motion we're flowing there but also know um i guess where i guess what i'm trying to say is a limit with what it is you say, about whom you say it, you know, what you're, how much you're giving away of yourself, you know,
1: sort of thing. Yeah. I think it could be just like kind of hitting a wall. Like you feel really intellectually sharp or just like energetically stimulated in, in your yeah. mental sphere. And so you just maybe take on a lot or do a lot or socialize a lot. And then you're right. Like by that Saturday, we get that Neptune square to Mercury and it's like, oh, brain fog, little brain dead. I need to retire. I need to just like recover a little bit and, um, kind of just let things flow. Like, I think that Mercury Neptune, certainly in that harsh square aspect, there can be a sense of overwhelm or cloudiness where there can be like that frustration where you wish you had the, the foresight, but you just don't. And so there's an element of surrender that comes with Mercury Neptune. Like if you're tired, you're tired.
0: If yeah. you don't if
1: you don't have a solution, you don't have a solution. Sometimes there's like um an overly hopefulness about that aspect that can kind of lead us down um to some sort of disappointment theme there. So yeah, there's something about um rest. I think rest would probably be the antidote there. So just know that you'll have a busy week and yeah. chill weekend. <laughs> the
0: chill weekend, right? Especially the Sunday when the moon's gonna pose that uh that Neptune. So um Yeah. So that's the thing is like, there just might be a little bit of ups and downs with that. You know, one minute you're, you're talking it up, you're confident, you got this. And the next minute you're like, uh, do I, you know, (laughs) uh, and, and just move through that because as we, as we know it, everything always changes. Um, but
1: yeah, go ahead. The thing with this aspect is be careful about what you hear. (laughs) Yeah, This can be Mercury and Gemini. Square Neptune that can be like a little bit of a rumor factory or just yeah. like um, a headline getting a little too much hype. Um, so just be careful what you hear with that one. And that one can also feel a little bit like a Mercury retrograde where there can sometimes be some tech snafus and whatnot. So just make sure you're saving your documents, and we should be good.
0: Yeah, and definitely get that rest in the weekend because uh, the next week kind of start. <laughs> the next week kind of starts off with the bang because. Part of this, you know, we see Mars over here in Leo just just inching up to the square with Uranus, you know, and that is always that always is a party waiting to to pop off there. Um, and it's going to coincide with a Libra first quarter on Monday. So we sort of have this. Um, sort of combustible Monday, a very active Monday going on with the the lunar cycle pushing off in Libra. Um, Mars square in Uranus, kind of what you were saying earlier, Catherine, that's where my mind goes right away is sort of these... Um, almost like these Venus retrograde precursors uh, leaning on the Mars side of things because, you know, Mars and our individual drive and motivation and, you know, what we're all doing uh, with our lives here is sort of at this, you know, very volatile and combustible moment, not in a way, you know, fixed signs, I feel like we've come to see that they're not as, you know, uh, just, fireworksy as you know maybe uranus and, and aries was um but that doesn't mean that things don't uh, shift and become
1: uh yeah i don't know it just takes there, a little longer it just takes a little it longer does. yeah um i feel like fixed signs have had to take a celestial beating in actual it, in <laughs> order to actually move the energy like <laughs> 100 percent yeah it couldn't have been any other way <laughs> It's true.
0: I feel like I'm still wise. getting the, I'm still getting the beating. I am. Like I'm like, it's true. It's like it doesn't matter how much Uranus sits on, on your fixed fixity. It doesn't matter that, that Saturn cruised over it. it. Doesn't matter that Venus and Mars is there. I'm telling you, when you're you a fixed person, you got some fixed placements too. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's like the heels dig in. You're like, oh, I know that needs to change, or I know that this doesn't feel
1: comfortable anymore. But it's like, but, but you- what? you've received all the signs and you're still waiting for one more yeah yeah <laughs>
0: yes exactly exactly yeah so you know maybe we're gonna maybe we're gonna see some signs at the beginning of this week right you know having um, obviously you know it's probably gonna be busy out there in the world people are gonna be uh, popping off with their own agendas you know especially Mars and Leo you know Mars and Leo is very um, it's, it's very out there. It's very passionate. It's very, uh, talking about digging some heels in, cause you know, Uranus can be very, um, you know, volatile, but it can also be very rigid, uh, and, and specific. So when we're dealing with others, right, we're going to have a first quarter moon, uh, with in Libra. So chances yeah. are, we're dealing with someone else. We're dealing with the justice system. We're dealing with some sort of fairness or
1: negotiation. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is, Uranus can definitely push things to extremes. And it definitely, I think like, especially with Mars, there's a love of shock value. Yeah. And there can be some unpredictable commotion there. Like I think of Mars Uranus as like the Maltov cocktail or, um, Like when the Jenga tower falls down or, (laughs) you know, like there's just, there's like, um, there's a commotion to it that gets your attention. So there can be maybe intentional attention grabbing acts, or there can be other things that just sort of happen naturally that turn our heads in attention. Um, But yeah, I would think if it's an intentional act, there's definitely like that Mars in Leo passion And of course, with Uranus and Taurus, we keep seeing the the Earth say, hey, pay attention to me, climate change, pay attention to me. So I would be nervous, you know, right now where I live, we're experiencing some mega forest forest fires across the Mm. Great Lakes in Canada. And so I think of all this energy in Leo as a fire sign, I would be worrying about forest fires with that. Um, but yeah, just in general, I think there's just something real fiery saying, Hey, look at this, pay attention.
0: Yeah. And, and that makes sense thinking about just the, the, uh, the quality of the, the air first quarter. Right. Um, and sort of like, you know, that on Tuesday, it's going to sextile all of that. Uh, actually maybe even later in that day, it's going to sextile all that Leo. So you think about that that fire starting energy there, whether it is like literally speaking or metaphorically speaking. I like the metaphor is, speaking. Yeah. You know, there there can be a little bit of that fire start energy. And we have to keep in mind, you know, v- Venus is getting slower and she's essentially squaring Uranus at this time too, right? So yeah. and that's the one thing we have to keep in mind with the Venus Mars cycle um, and her dance with with Mars is that they're gonna get awful close but they're never going to meet, you know? It's a and denied connection. did denied, they're denied. <laughs> um, Access so, denied. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> when we think about these moments in the first quarter in, in Libra, and we might be trying to find, you know, this balance or this harmony or like... Uh, just connection with, with others and where that's going and tension there between our own self nurturance and what we need or what the family needs. Right. You know, thinking about that, that cancer dynamic with the sun there. Um, Yeah, there's still something about this story where Venus and Mars don't necessarily meet. So keep that in mind as they sort of, you know, Venus sort of mirrors what Mars does and is close enough. And every time they're activated together, it might be a more elongated story that doesn't quite have the resolution um, that we would be seeking for between the two coming together.
1: Yeah. Like it might look like something's going to go through, the deal's going to close, the relationship is going to happen. And then for some reason, things kind of fizzle, it loses steam. And it may be because Venus is the one that slows down. Let's, yeah. let's go of the chase a little bit that you, what you desire sort of changes. Um, so it's like, if you are thinking about starting like a whole new paint job on your house, you might say, hmm, I don't know. And then you wait till after the Venus retrograde. And then you might say, yeah, I'm glad I waited because I like this color scheme better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's not always a bad thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So have, so have patience there. And if we, we are trying to make those decisions and we are coming together with people, you know, and everybody's like fired up, <laughs> getting started. Look ahead a little, just because it's what's what you see in this particular moment and the excitement that's there. <laughs> there's, you know, there's more to come. So. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, uh, you know, Mercury is just hanging out there at the beginning of the week at the 29 degrees of Gemini and is about to move into Cancer. So Mercury ingresses into Cancer and, uh, you know, flows with the nodes there at the beginning of the week on uh, the 26th and the 27th, the same time we're having all this, you know, uh, first quarter Mars-Venus-Uranus action. Um, but we have this—we have this interesting lineup that's going on for the remainder of this week, right? So, if you—if you notice on the chart, we basically have Mercury getting very close to the Sun there, getting ready for its superior Kazemi. Um, but what's going to happen is both of those planets are going to trine Saturn over there in Pisces um, on Wednesday and Thursday there uh Wednesday Thursday Friday basically Wednesday Thursday Friday through the end of the uh, end of June here uh and then the sun is going to our uh, Mercury is going to meet up with the sun there in that Kazemi basically trining Saturn and then they yeah. go right on to sextile Jupiter so we have this Kazemi uh, put it put it all together Mouse. so we basically have this sun Mercury Kazemi that is um really highlighting actually the Jupiter. Saturn sextile that just happened right before cancer season started. So, I mean, th- thoughts on the Saturn component, Jupiter, the Kazemi, there's a lot there. What do you think?
1: Yeah, well, I think that the, yeah, so a Mercury, Kazemi in Cancer, that feels like very much like this internal sort of spark, this internal reassurance, this internal clarity with Saturn. A lot of times people are looking for like this big light bulb moment with the kazemi, but a lot of times it's quieter it's sort of mm-hmm. like this quiet internal yes um or idea or affirmation that sort of comes in around that time and i would think that with saturn there you're gonna know it you're gonna you're gonna know what that feeling is what your body is telling you because mercury and cancer is um a very receptive sign it's it's a very receptive sign for mercury to be in it's a mute sign so there's a lot that is felt for mercury mm-hmm. and cancer um mercury and cancer has an album for everything every emotion every mood every situation <laughs> mercury and cancer has an album for it because because it's it's letting yourself be moved by emotion letting yourself be moved by an experience a beautiful experience a sad experience and so there's some kind of clarity coming through from Saturn um with that so I think that that is a very potent um a very a very potent Mercury Cassini there
0: yeah absolutely and I love that what you're saying about the quality of it being felt right you know this is all in in Uh, the water signs and then Jupiter being in Taurus. And we just talked about that early in the program, sort of that that the slower embodied internalized energies that come with water and Earth. And to think about, um, and it's it's rather intriguing to think about, especially on Wednesday um, and Thursday, but especially Wednesday, uh, the Moon in Scorpio is going to make a grand uh, water trine. Basically, with the Mercury, the Sun, Saturn, and then go on to oppose Jupiter. So there's there's lunar activity that's coming in on Wednesday, um, mostly a little bit on Thursday. That's going to highlight this. So when you talk about like what Catherine was just saying about it being this felt experience, you know, because if there's one sign, if there's one moon sign, uh, maybe you can speak to this, Catherine. If there's one moon sign that feels that you know the intensity of feeling. Um, you know, a Scorpio Moon,
1: it's gonna, it's gonna give it to us. <laughs> oh, heck yeah, yeah. There's a lot to ruminate on with a with a Moon in Scorpio. Yeah, and I, I was just thinking too, because Moon in Scorpio sort of represents a held emotion, mm-hmm. and Cancer represents nostalgia in the past. That there could be something coming up from the past, like a, an an emotional imprint, um, a memory that um, is important, an important piece of this sort of clarity coming through. Um, so yeah, and that, that is going to be happening at nine degrees cancer. So if you have that anywhere in your chart, look for that. But, um, if not, not to worry, your cancer house is going to feel it.
0: Yeah. Well, it is kind of interesting to think about the lead up to it all too, because it's, you know, that moon in Scorpio, it's really the last time the moon's going to make a conjunction to the South node in Scorpio for a very long time. Ooh, yeah. So there's sort of this, um. Yeah, it's almost like the moon gets into scorpio meets the south node and might even just set up this this chain from you know mercury to the sun to saturn to jupiter and if you think about all those together right you know like it yeah. p- paints a very vivid picture of what the internalized process might be but i love that it ends with
1: that kind of bird's eye view to to jupiter um yeah, and maybe Emotional maturity, emotional intelligence, letting something go and finding that Jupiterian upswing of Exactly.
0: Exactly. Love it. So expect that basically from uh, Wednesday, June 28th until July 1st, we sort of have this hot pocket of uh, Sun, Mercury, (laughs) Jupiter, and Saturn speaking all together. Um, but you know that's not the only thing that's happening in this time period. We also have uh, good old Neptune, who we've been talking about here a little on and off. M- Neptune is going to station retrograde on June thirtieth. In the middle of all, in the middle Ugh. of all that, right? You know, yeah. here, Neptune is is stationing. Which if you if you're going through a Neptune transit, so if you've had any planets at around you know twenty seven degrees. Uh, mutable signs, especially, um you are going to feel this station.
1: <laughs> just FYI. Gosh, it feels so watery. So just be prepared. Water means feels and tears and just being sensitive with yourself. So get ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: And so, you know, people like, you know, us water signs, we might be a little more acclimated, but, you know, when, when, when it hits the, uh, the, the fire in the air they are like, like what is this like what what is happening right now so just uh be on be on the lookout for that or just be aware of it um especially when we have all this personal planet action of venus and mars and leo which can be a little more you know kind of like out there and, and wanting to like Project your best self and be being bold and maybe even being a little pr- proud. You know that's the thing with Leo, too. And especially if you're going through sort of this emotional a kind of cleansing and aha moment that can come up. Uh, it's almost like just thinking about, especially when we're talking about the South Node and the Moon in um, Scorpio uh, that week, and ruled by that that uh, Mars in Leo. You know. Um, I don't know why the word pride just comes up. There might be something with, yeah, there might be something with just the, uh, the like. Uh,
1: well, not, this is the last day of pride month. So, yeah. yeah oh, well, that's, ir- that's
0: irony. That's <laughs> irony right yeah. there on the other side. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, so it's kind of like the last <laughs> Friday, you know, it's like the last weekend sort of of, of pride month. So, Um, Well, and that's interesting, too, just thinking about some of the things that you highlighted
0: earlier in the program when we're thinking about all these things that are under attack and um, and obviously that comes with a lot of deep emotion or content that um, that looks like for the people that are in it, for the people that are outside of it, that are empathetic and look in, you know, like it could be a rather emotional
1: ending um
0: to the the cel- celebration that's for
1: sure for sure yeah definitely something very emotional there with all the water what i love though is that neptune is stationing at venus's exaltation degree oh so there's something about a love that conquers a love that uplifts a love that um goes beyond beyond time and space there. So there's something about infinite love, I think of the divine or um, of your fellow man you know or human <laughs> uh, with uh, Neptune there stationing at Venus's exaltation degree. So there's something about just like a big love.
0: Well, and that speaks really well for just what Venus is doing at the same time, right? Because on the 29th of June through July 2nd, she is uh, trining Chiron uh, and then squaring Uranus. So when we think about that big love and that different love and that, you know, you know, the big love that comes with compassion that might have been uh, wounded for being who you are, you know, yeah. in, in some respect. When we think about Leo and Aries together, there, um, it's an it's an interesting combo for sure. Uh, that can yeah. So
1: yeah, hmm. it's like we have like the big expressive drama of Mars and Venus and Leo in a square to Uranus. So it's like, um, drag as protest, or I've been hearing about bimbo core as protest, which is basically, <laughs> um, being hyper feminine as, as like a cis female, but in a way that intimidates men or just like really hyping up your femininity. Um, one of, one of my colleagues told me about that. I hadn't heard about it till recently, but like, um, being who you are and like owning your self-expression your sexuality like as a protest you know and i think like neptune is just like neptune is also about like unity and coming together and like ecstatic upliftment and so yeah hopefully there's um something to be celebrated and bring people together that is like um a celebration, but yeah, this can also just be like what you said, like the heartfelt moments as well. So, yeah. Well,
0: and there's one thing that um, we got to remember about Neptune too—that it's connected with the spectacle. <laughs> and you know, we think about the kind of the big energy of Venus squaring Uranus and some of the you know more dramatic placements that uh, we're seeing here. Um, you know, prepare to, to prepare to see a spectacle of whether it's at at a particular parade or someone, you know, flaunting off their embodiment, right? We talked about that earlier with the Taurus energy and here, uh, you know, um, there is that Uranus and Taurus and this like embodying your flair, Uh, even with things like sporting events, um, like chances are, I bet there's gonna be some big sporting event that's probably gonna happen uh, this weekend on June 30th or June 31st, especially with like MMA and boxing, always connected with a, ne- a big neptune transit it's just for whatever reason because it's the spectacle right it's the show saying
1: yeah yeah i think this is when basketball goes into finals oh wait no, no never mind they just won never mind oh, i was no, thinking june i'm not like a big sports person but yeah i think that the nuggets just won so never mind
0: <laughs> <laughs> so but i mean All this that we're talking about, right, we've got a big lead up, and especially with Venus squaring Uranus and trining Chiron, right, she's gonna retrograde. So this is the first pass of three. So keep that in mind that whatever's happening around June 30th, you know, 29th, 30th, well, 29th through the 2nd, there could be precursor of energy that is revisited um, throughout the summer. Uh, But it's, you know, it's getting hot in here, right? We got a a waxing, Sagittarius moon that is leading us to a Capricorn full moon. So let's let's move on over to our full moon here because uh, it's basically everything that we're talking about here is essentially leading up to a Capricorn full moon, mm-hmm. um, which is, I'm like, I'm trying to piece together like how that looks within some of the more, you know, fiery components and, and the Neptune and the, you know, because Capricorn Speaking as a Capricorn moon, you know, there's sort of this, uh, you know, just all like business component, all, bu- <laughs> all business, um, whether that's actual business or just sort of a facade of, <laughs> you know, pulling it together, being strong um, through something, right? You know, especially if we just went through a really watery period, um, I feel like this Capricorn full moon t- kind of takes us back into the strength or the perceived strength that needs to lie there uh, with Capricorn. But that's just kind of the first thing that comes to mind. Um, yeah. What do
1: you, think, what do you it, think, Catherine? I think it definitely has like a sobering quality to it, where it's just like it kind of soaks up some of the wetness of cancer season um, where we're coming out of this really watery kind of week. And canc- and Capri- the Capricorn full moon is kind of like, all right, let's – let's stop crying for a minute. It's like, it's like after the tears, after the emotions flow, your left brain is able to step in and like get logical again and help like, you know, are we going to pick the pieces back up? How are we going to respond? So I think that this Capricorn full moon helps us to get back into like an objective mindset and helps us kind of take care of business. So it's going to, soak up some of those puddles in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> so get up the puddles. Yeah. Cause it is configured
0: to Saturn, the the ruler of that moon, you know? Um, and, and that's the thing with the moon being in Capricorn too. It is a place of its detriment. So especially mm-hmm. if we being in cancer season and all, and we've been talking about all this watery quality and this emotional quality, um, you know, part of the detriment expression is the, the exile or the stepping back from said (laughs) emotion, um, or, uh, you know, sensitivity or, um, yeah, just, you know, being immersed in this more emotional space when, you know what, chances are we have a, a life to lead and we have day-to-day response. You know, this is a Monday that this is happening, basically. <laughs> it's like, it's almost like after all that with the work, it's like Monday. It's like, okay, well, back to work, people, you know, get to, get to business. You got things to do, places to go, people to see, you know, well, world unless, doesn't stop.
1: <laughs> well, unless it's 4th of July weekend where you are, it's, oh, true. it's, it's kind of like a, a serious 4th of July weekend. Yeah. And so maybe it's like, okay, Ooh. people have been like, um, Neptuning it up oh, <laughs> over the weekend. And so this is, you know, after the hangover wears off, you have this <laughs> Capricorn moon that says, all right, let's get the yard work done. <laughs> and then, um, it's kind of like, let's, let's get back to business a little bit. Um, but yeah, it can, it tends to be a little bit more of a serious full moon, but the very, upside of a Capricorn full moon is like thinking about the future. I think that that's such a, um, a valuable component of it is just like, okay, well we're planning, we're thinking ahead. And so, yeah, that is what it would be good for.
0: Yeah. I think you're absolutely right about that because the, uh, basically the degree of this full moon being at 11 degrees of Capricorn is essentially tapping into that, uh, Sun Mercury Kazemi that we just experienced it's flowing with that Saturn it's it's got a trine with that Jupiter, Jupiter. so there is sort of this it, it, and you know keep in mind we have a it's a cardinal it's cardinal it's it's pushing forward it's it's moving it's moving on it's pivoting in some way uh, there's action being uh, taken. Um, whether that is once again back into the internalized energy of it all, right? You know, because we are talking about water and Earth st- st- still, so it might be just that inner momentum that that takes place and um, on more like a grand scale. But it will probably be out there doing things, you know, preparing for the parties. Or uh, well, if you're here in the United States, if you're not in the United States, then you probably don't could care less about Fourth of July. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so if you're out there somewhere else chances are your monday is going to be uh, a tcb sort of a uh,
1: sort of day but um yeah. but yeah, yeah i like the, the optimism there with the trying to jupiter and the reception with saturn there and saturn ruling the moon there is it's like we're pushing forward but we're hopeful about it you know it's like a cautious optimism i think
0: cautious optimism that's uh, that's very (laughs) capricorn moon trying jupiter absolutely absolutely so well and let's see here because what kind of happens this whole week is that you know Mercury's story is not really over yet mercury oh no (laughs) mercury is just well in pure mercury style just all over the place got so talking to everybody <laughs> got so much to do got so much to do so and that's the thing we got to think about too is like mercury makes its uh Kazemi, you know a handful of days uh earlier but after that kazimi it is just sitting in in uh combust town basically <laughs> and it's sort of under the beam so mercury mm-hmm. is a uh, mercury is not as i mean it's he's he's, he's it's doing some things, but um, keep in mind that it's still blinded by, by the sun, uh, especially during this full moon, too. He's um, toasty.
1: He's a little toasty. He's a little frizzle fried. Yeah, he's,
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> so that being said, with this, with this frizzle uh, that's happening, basically on July 4th, it's interesting, on July 4th itself, we start the day Um, especially on the East Coast, because people will be more up around, uh, you know, seven, something in the morning, maybe. Um, But that whole morning, we're going to have that that moon conjunction to Pluto. (laughs) Uh, who's now back in Capricorn, which is interesting. You know, when we think about just America in general here and, you know, having left a couple years of the the Pluto return and what's been going on in the country. And here you have this patriotic day of of the July 4th. And it's really, it's really tapping into,
1: you know, this, um, Plutonian energy. It's a real Pluto return flavored birthday.
0: (laughs) It is. It is. I wonder how, when does the, just pure curiosity. Okay. So it's not. Oh, okay. So that's just more of like the early morning, mid afternoon. So it won't be the festivities, the festivities and the fireworks and all that will take place when, the moon moves into Aquarius, which will so it might be a little, little y in the earlier part of the day, but it kind of gives way to, um, to more of that that Aquarius, fun loving, out there amongst the people <laughs> vibe.
1: So yes. that's it's
0: nice, cool. So all right, let's think about our Mercury. Uh, we kind of preface that Mercury's on to some moves here, and so Mercury is basically going to uh, square Chiron, sextile Uranus, and then trine Neptune, all from the fifth of July to the 9th of July. Which uh, just occurred to me—that's my birthday, so I'll have a Mercury Neptune trine in my in my soul return, which I have natally. So uh, that'll be interesting to see how yeah. maybe some nice little creative boost there. Lovely, um, but yeah, Mercury is Mercury is doing some things. So that's an interesting lineup if you think about it—a square to Chiron, which can always get a little crunchy. Um, sextile Uranus feels like it releases that a little bit uh with a little you know un- kind of unpredictable p- component and then the trying to neptune sort of just once again brings that sort of mercury retrograde vibe sort of back out into the forefront
1: um any thoughts on that uh that flow yeah yeah, or- yeah like you said i think um mercury chiron can definitely get kind of heady, but it can be a lot about your story, you know, and like the ups and downs in your story. And then that sextile to Uranus on the seventh brings some upliftment. Um, Both planets are in the terms of Jupiter. So there's something about this like encouraging kind of spark that Mm. helps kind of like move things forward. And then on the ninth, the trend of Neptune, those are both in the terms of Saturn. So there's something about like like, um, imagination, But like in a realistic way, like you're able to sort of like um, take care of what you need to do and stay on task. But there's like this Neptunian flair to it in a way. Um, So, yeah, there can just be like this creative kind of edge to the tasks. Um, So, yeah, I think about that as being like very inspirational. um, And, yeah, I think that that can be just like a very inspired, but in like a very immediately applicable way. Mm. So yeah, you can like bring creativity to your daily tasks basically. And because a lot of people think of creativity as like putting a paintbrush to a piece of paper and that's not necessarily true. Like being creative is being able to look at something you look at every day differently.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so you know, it makes me wonder, I'm like, oh, this is on a Sunday. I'm like, oh, maybe I, I feel, I feel some, some pool parties or some beach parties happening with, uh, with the Mercury, Mercury Neptune energy. If you're not out there, you know, kind of getting, feeling those creative vibes and, and flowing with that, you might just want to be near uh, some, some water and sort of blow off steam from the week um, of whatever might have, Got You know, kind of got into a more irksome space, right, uh, with that Chiron component um, earlier in the week. And then I think you're absolutely right about the, you know, the sextile to Uranus. I feel like Uranus was, when it's always a flow, It's always kind of, it has that, uh, that... it's almost like, I wouldn't say like a balloon deflating, but if there was like some, no, that's too graphic. (laughs) I was was thinking about more of like, more of like a, uh, um, just something that's pressurized and you just like pop it or you like release it just a little bit and it's like, oh, I get some relief because I'm not like, you know, tied up in it anymore. It's like, I can kind of switch my thinking. Right, because keep in mind, I kind of keep having to go back to what Catherine said earlier in the program about remembering that Mercury and Cancer is this you know, it's a mute sign, it's an internalized quality. So, a lot of this um, this headspace, this mindset that we're talking about can be very much an internalized experience where, you know, we're kind of going ups and downs, right? You know, I think about Mercury and Cancer, Sun and Cancer, it all comes back to the moon. Um, at that time so yeah. you know there's there's some, there's some different flavors and
1: other people might not see that going on but we feel it inside of us. Yeah I mean this could definitely be like an emotional exchange but like as you were saying a way that feels like um, a release an outlet like there's receptivity there's understanding I, I get the like image in my mind of this Mercury Neptune trine with the moon and Pisces is like Hey, like, it's like you're connecting with a best friend who you can kind of like vent to safely and Mm. it just, and then you feel a million times better after, or you just share space with someone who gets it. Like you don't even have to go down the list of everything. It's because, you know, it's water. It's just what's felt. So yeah, this could definitely be like a moody, um, energy, but I think that Uranus will help move it in a way that feels supportive. Yeah. So you don't say stuck in it. Right. You know, that's the
0: thing It's like sometimes we get like stuck in whatever it is we're ruminating about that, you know, might be a little bit triggersome uh, for us. And you can't, you know, it's, it's not productive to stay certain places for too long. And that's where Uranus comes in and is like, shake it off you know, let's move it on. Let's let it go. Let's accept, let's accept things for what they are. You know, that's a very, uh, Mercury kind of Neptune blend here is like, um, just having that acceptance and compassion and letting it go. Let's just go, you know, to the, the beach and
1: hang out and have some fun. Cause that's (laughs) why not? This kind of reminds me too. I need to like plug like a cautionary thing here because (laughs) I'm a former hairstylist and, you know, there's this thing called the breakup haircut. I'm sure you've all heard about it when you're going through kind of like a tough emotional place. And then you're like, I'm just going to get the haircut and I'm going to chop it all off because Venus is in a square to Uranus. So already people are wanting to do some sort of like impulsive changes to their hair. And I did like a whole thread about it on Twitter and copied it on my Instagram. But like, there's a whole list I, I have of like do's and don'ts for that. But this reminds me. Because Venus is still very much in that square of like the emotional breakup haircut. (laughs) So um, if you're thinking of doing that, just wait until if you still want the style after the retrograde, then do it. It's kind of my rule of thumb. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I know. I can only imagine how many people, especially with all the Leo planets, especially with Mars here, you know, Mars getting to the last degree of Leo. Uh, it's like really pressurized at the very end. You know, Mars kind of being the, uh, the scissors, right? Wouldn't that be the... Yeah. The, yeah. the cut, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so here that that moon is or that Mars is like ah let's let's do it you know we're we're feeling bold we're feeling and then a couple of weeks go by and you're like I'm not so crazy about that look anymore <laughs> and it takes a long time to grow <laughs> yeah
1: exactly
0: <laughs> yeah that's, that is good uh, that is good words of advice especially as Venus is about <laughs> to station because I have feeling there's going to be a, a lot of uh, a lot of folks making uh impromptu <laughs> appointments. Yeah, just give yourself a little more time to think about it is all. <laughs> yeah. Well, and especially if we um because basically we on Sunday we round out our um our moon quarters with a last quarter moon in Aries. So we have uh, that last quarter moon, which is always great for, you know, getting that spur of the moment spontaneity, you know, I'm fired up to go do this. So I'm going to change, you know, so <laughs> taking that what she said to heart even more, Catherine, when Aries is like, let's just do this. You know, let's not think about it too much. So we're just going <laughs> to, we're just going to go and, and get it done, especially, you know, because think about a last quarter moon in Aries, you know, it could have, I mean, Aries sort of has this crisis component to it. Um, it doesn't have to be like, I mean, it can be a crisis, crisis, but sometimes crisis feels different, (laughs) you know, to different people in different moments of what that looks like. But essentially that last quarter kind of like pushing tension, uh, with the sun is backed by that 29 degree Mars in Leo, um, you know, that has that, that's a pressurized position. Um, so I have a feeling it's going to be a pretty eventful, uh, last quarter in Aries. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, and then we got Mercury also, uh, because Mercury wasn't done yet, right? You know, Mercury, uh, after it trines Neptune, it goes on to, um, oppose Pluto. Yeah. Before it moves into Leo, um, and then Mars ingresses into Virgo on the tenth on that Monday. So there's sort of this lineup, you know. Mercury's not quite done; it touches into Neptune, but it's gonna it's gonna get that yearly opposition to uh, Pluto right when when Mars is sitting in that that very testy sort of degree. Uh, so that's an interesting lineup.
1: Yes. <laughs> Ooh, that yeah, because yeah, very. I think that Mercury opposite Pluto is like the ultra emo signature at the 29th degree. Yeah. It's like very emo. <laughs> and when you have a lot of planets like that at 29 degrees, um, you know, 29 degrees, there's, a, there's like an, um, an urgency quality or it can sort of describe a state of distress or, um, even sometimes being in like a state of some kind of emergency. And so sometimes it's, it's how we feel on the inside or we feel like we got to get something done or we have to do something about something. So yeah, look out for that because a lot of planets at 29 degrees, there, there can be that kind of energy in the air. Um, but yeah, so I think there is like an urgency quality with Mercury and Cancer opposite... Pluto at 29 degrees Capricorn, which is like the ultimate signature of late stage capitalism. <laughs> and so like Mercury and Cancer is like, um, how do we care for ourselves? And I think on another level, Mercury opposite Pluto can be like an obsessive quality, a tunnel vision quality, something to mm. direct a lot of focus to. So if you are able to get in the driver's seat of what that energy is offering us, it can be driven toward um, something that requires a great deal of focus or brain power. Um, But again, it could be kind of emotional just being in a a Cancerian, in in a water sign. Yeah.
0: And I mean, a lot of times we we have intense focus over something where we tend to be emotionally connected to it. Uh, to some extent, not everybody, you know, sometimes it's more of like an intellectual, uh, airy flavor that we can kind of tap into that. But a lot of times when people are really focused on something, it's because there's an emotional connection um, that is sort of tapped in that kind of gives it that extra juice mm-hmm. to like really hyper fixate. Um, yeah. So I yeah. guess the question is is it positive is it is it moving forward uh you know your 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 goals and your ambitions and you know where you want to be in life right because we got this kind of fire starter uh you know hot energy of that last quarter in aries um that kind of pushes us to that place of um what a new beginning might look like or where we need to take uh charge or um have control over our lives and you know kind of do that, that burst and that, that switch, um, you know, or maybe where we rise up and we, uh, kind of like, you know, take the reins for something that is important to our, our, uh, inner being or our, um, our family life or, you know, our, our communal space, you know, it thinks about like, I feel like, (laughs) you know, what came to mind is like, I feel like a lot of people are going to start some sort of, um, like, Exercise regimen <laughs> on the on this day. Uh, or like, you know, we're like, you know what? You know, I've been, I've been partying the last couple of weeks. I've had all that thing. And he's like, I need to, you know, I need to get some movement. Like, I gotta get this blood flowing and this, you know, I, I gotta take care of myself, you know, mm-hmm. like and that kind of self-starter energy to to take care of yourself. Um, and that takes focus, right? And discipline. Yeah. Um
1: that yeah. fixation, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm in a Gemini-ruled year, so I'm looking forward to that. I'll get on some sort of obsessive deep dive that Sunday, probably. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> i know Monday. i'm still actually i move out of the gemini year um on this day oh, so happy yeah. solar return yes i will be moving into the moon rolled year uh, so oh. i will have this uh, everything i'm speaking about here i will have in my <laughs> my solar return chart this is Mel's solar return yeah so i'll let you it. know i'll let you know on the other side get, <laughs> get back to me in the year um, Oh, cool. <laughs> so all right well we have okay so that let's see here. So we have moving on. Let's see. So all oh, those nodes are inching over, but let's talk about Mars and Virgo because that's going to yes. be a different. Um, that's not Mars and Leo. That's a that's a so it's interesting just thinking about Mars inches over into Virgo, becomes Mercury rolled, and what's Mercury doing opposing Pluto, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is when like Mars, Venus, like Mars crosses the threshold and says, I'm going over here, baby. Are you coming with me? And Venus is like, "Mm, no, (laughs) she's like, I forgot something over here. I'm going to have to tour back and (laughs) I'll get back to you in February. Yeah, (laughs) Literally that's when they'll meet up again. (laughs) That's funny. Um, but yeah, Mars and Virgo. I, I love Mars and Virgo. I mean, think about it this way. We had eight long months or maybe it was seven long months of Mars in Gemini and I feel like that Gemini Gemini is a mercurial sign it tends to kind of scatter and disperse there's a curiosity element there's a stirring the pot element Um, there's a lot of just like the encouragement to look at things from a different angle Um, but you kind of get that mercurial energy in Virgo but there's a little bit more focus to it Um, so Mars in Virgo is going to feel a lot I think better than Mars and Gemini. And yeah, it lets you kind of like, I'm a big fan of Mars and Virgo because I think it helps you check off a lot of the little items on your to-do list. So a lot of the little things that you've kind of been putting off, um, it's going to be a little bit harder to focus on the big projects, but it'll help you get through a lot of the smaller ones. Um, Because with Virgo, the devil is in the details. And so Mm. Mars has, gets excited about that. Mars spends a long time in those. And also, um, this is, this is really great for just being able to sort of multitask, um, when that versatile, mutable energy. So yeah, it's great for organization. One of my favorite things (laughs) and Mars in Virgo wants to, there's an improvement quality as well. So mm. you're organizing to make something better accessible in your home or you're reorganizing to beautify. There's a lot of different purposes to that, but it, Mars and Virgo wants to make sure that things run a little bit more smoothly. Mm. And so it helps declutter is yeah. kind of the thing.
0: You, you Virgo loves some efficiency. It's like, oh, how, yeah. can, how can we make this as highly as efficient As possible, Um, which is which is great. You know, like you said, we've had an interesting tour of Mars for quite some time. Like the I'm just going to say it, the chaos of of Mars and Gemini can say it (laughs) (laughs) as a native. I will say it, Uh, you know, that Mars and cancer was an interesting placement. You know, Mars and Leo is kind of like firing us up a little bit. But Mars and Virgo is it's it's productive. It's It's, welcome. um, It's, it's, well, I will take it. I will take it. I will run with it, especially once Mercury gets into Virgo uh, in, you know, Leo season. There'll be a highly productive um, uh, just spot of time that I think a lot of us uh, have been almost even waiting for, you know? So this is sort of that. And we're going to feel that, right? Because this is the thing with... Mars moving into um, this bits and pieces sort of sign and this kind of transitional energy, especially on like with physical things and, and earthly mundane considerations, you know, it literally can get something done, like something that you can touch, feel, see, you know, <laughs> it, it can work with that. But we're going to start to feel that pressure because that's one of the things is the second Mars moves into Virgo, it's going to start to head to the opposition with Saturn and that's always sort of like a pressurized, you know, it's a halfway point between that Mars-Saturn cycle. Um, so all these things that Mars is gonna wanna be basically kind of do maybe in, in Virgo, it's going we're gonna start to kind of feel that brewing because we can, we see Saturn across the way. And even though Saturn might be a little more lenient in Pisces, <laughs> we still sense its presence. So just know that that will be a, kind of a thing there. Um, Now, there's a couple things that happen before we get to our new moon in Cancer that's going to be on uh, the following Monday, uh, the 17th. So it's actually rather, uh, it's kind of like a chill week that last quarter, uh, just because the only thing we're doing is, you know, other than getting past this uh, uh, Mercury-Pluto opposition, it's going to basically, we're going to have the sun squaring Chiron. Um, I don't know if that's chill, but my I might retract that statement. Uh, and then the sextile to uh, Uranus. So basically mirroring Mercury's moves earlier that we talked about. Um, and then of course, Mercury will be in Leo at this at this time. So that's kind of the main action the week of July 10th before we get to our new moon the following Monday. Um, so, I mean, I guess we didn't really speak to anything about Mercury and Leo. That's going to, that, that is definitely a, uh, a switch from the mute of cancer and the emotionality that comes there to being, you know, uh, Leo it's, it's out, it's loud. It's loud. It's, <laughs> it's loud. It's out there. It's more willing to express, you know, that kind of boldness. Maybe not so much with uh, the Sun, Stell, and Cancer, but, you know, it's it's getting situated. So any thoughts on
1: Mercury and Leo? Just a little quick thing. I, I love Mercury and Leo because I think that, I mean, and it's moving ahead of the Sun now zodiacally, so it, it definitely does bring people out of their shell, as you were saying. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that Mercury and Leo is, and you'll notice it right away, people... Are talking about themselves. And I, I like it. I like Guilty. it a lot. <laughs> I like it a lot. Um, I like it a lot. I like hearing people's opinions, people's stories, where people are coming from. I, I don't know. It's refreshing to me. It, there's something lively about it. Uh, yeah, it's something I really enjoy about that energy. Um, but yeah, Mercury in Leo is very passionate and dynamic, lively, expressive, and willing to tell you what it thinks. And it, it's also very affectionate as well. Like, I think that Mercury in Leo is very generous with the compliments and making people feel seen.
0: Yeah, Yeah. So, I mean, I love, I, I, well, obviously I love Mercury and Leo. I got Mercury and Leo (laughs) and probably why I'm always talking about myself. I always come back to referencing it because it's like, you know, when we think about Mercury, it's our, our point of perception. And as, um, as one-sided as it might sound, you know, like the, the, that Mercury and Leo, it's point of perception is, is the self, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's almost like coming to an understanding about the, uh, not only yourself, but the world around you and the people that are close to you through your own lens and how that relates to you. And so sometimes that can look a little bit like it's, you know, just revolving around, around the self, but really it's just a point I think of, um, being able to relate based on personal experience. Um, it's just because that's where that Mercury's focused. So I guess we're all kind of going to be focused there. Uh, yeah, well, we're coming out of fun. that
1: we're coming out of that internal cancer yeah. element and then like all the things that we've been in process with come out and we want to talk about it and that's how it comes to life and makes sense you know so yeah yeah because
0: Mercury's going to make those same moves right with uh with jupiter with uranus you know everything that you're going to touch down with venus so kind of and Mercury is the mouthpiece, so all those things that were happening with the Venus and Mars, and so those precursors that we were talking about earlier in the program, you know, now the, now the microphone is being passed around. <laughs> oh yeah! So we're gonna we're gonna hear it. We're gonna hear it here. So now the the sun. I mean. Any thoughts on kind of the sun squaring Chiron and sextiling Uranus, uh, which we're going to see basically from the 12th to the 14th? Um, a sort of a lead up to our new moon uh that is coming that's going to be uh flowing essentially with those planets with uranus and neptune both too we have an interesting new moon so i want to get over to that pretty quickly but just wanted to give some space if you had any insight into this kind of like balsamic phase um with what the sun's doing
1: yeah um yeah certainly the balsamic moon phase can is when we start to go uh, into like quiet mode um in terms of activities And there's just a little bit less energy, um, for external and more, it kind of goes more internal if, if you can give that to yourself, but yeah, the sun's sextile with Uranus, I think could be like, I I always think about it as like illumination, um, a spark, uh, a little bit of like a mini boost, a mini catalyst in terms of energy Mm. or being able to understand something too. Yeah the sun being a symbol of prophecy and Uranus being like instant, I think it's just, you know, we, things can come to light. Things can kind of click into place for us. So yeah. I
0: like that. Which, but that'll get
1: wrapped into the new moon. Yeah, so.
0: which is always helpful, right? When you lead into a new moon, right? Cuz you're going into a new cycle. So if you can if you can get that, that bit of insight and you get that kind of like kick and you know, within of something kind of just coming to you, um it's it's a right place to uh, you know, set seeds for for what's to come. So let's let's jump into that uh that new moon here, which is going to be July 17th. Around eleven thirty one a.m. here Pacific time. Uh, it's going to be a Monday, and so we have that moon or that sun moon combo at twenty four degrees Cancer and fifty six minutes. Um, it's going to be, as we said before, it's sort of in between a separation from that sextile to Uranus to going on to try Neptune. Good old Neptune's back in the fray here. <laughs> um, and of course we got the moon in domicile. So there is that, uh, strong lunar energy, even though it is our, our new moon or so that's that solar point there. Uh, but we also have some other things going on. You know, we got Mars getting ever close to Saturn there. Um, we got Mercury squaring Jupiter talk about, uh, and that happens like sort of right before that new moon, which is interesting. Once again, thinking about those seeds and kind of looking into the future and kind of there, that spark of, Uh, Awareness, you know, Um, it's a very potent new moon, it feels uh, like to me, especially with Venus nearing the station degree. I mean, what are your thoughts on this hodgepodge of uh, (laughs) energy?
1: Oh, goodness. Yeah, I love that the moon is in its domicile. It's, it's, we love that, especially when it's (laughs) unafflicted. Unfortunately, we have this last, probably our last. Cancer new moon opposite Pluto that can definitely kind of follow in those footsteps. We were saying about Mercury opposite Mm. Pluto, where it's definitely a little moodier. There's definitely a little bit more of an intensity to the emotional quality there, but nonetheless, it's a cancer new moon and you you can't argue with that there. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be good for a lot of things other, other than that, but that Pluto will still be felt. Um, but yeah. yeah like self-care, nurturing, watering yourself all those things that we kind of mentioned earlier too about mercury in that trine with Neptune that neptunian quality of um, like compassion, unity, artistry, love at that 27 degrees um, of Pisces love like this is this is a very nurturing nurturing new moon. And I think maybe that Plutonian element could be like a protective element too. Like I need to kind of protect myself from, um, reading the news too much, or I need to like really just give my energy to my family because, you know, things, things are rough out there or, you know what I mean? Like that Pluto will be felt. So whatever the Plutonian enemy is, <laughs> your cancer new moon experience is going to be like nurturing to sort of like arm yourself and kind of fill yourself with love, you know, to kind of combat that force.
0: Yeah. And well, and to think about sort of like the, um, <sighs> I guess we can kind of look at it as like a combat flare, but thinking about just that Mars opposition to Saturn, right? You know, to me that like speaks to also doing mm-hmm. what is necessary, or you know, to to protect or have boundaries or do what's Ooh. important for for yourself and your own care or your family or Love that. um, You know, <clears throat> especially with that Mercury squaring Jupiter too, and kind of like seeing that that wider that wider uh, picture of what is, you know, I- I- important uh, to, to you uh, in your position uh, versus on what you're manifesting or building with that Jupiter and Taurus. And thinking about that trying to Neptune, because we got to think about the, the uh, new moon that we're about to literally experience as we are recording this um, was a square to Neptune. True. So thinking about that, like the tension of that Neptune, Neptune having... Uh, Stationed retrograde and um, some of our Neptune issues that we might have been going through before or where we were challenged with Neptune. Now there's more of a just a a flow and a receptiveness um, that could be the compassion, it could be the empathy, it could also be the the willingness to uh, surrender or let go of something or, you know, release or dissolve um, in a way that's not as tense, you know, it's yeah. might be necessary <clears throat> for yeah. whatever that is that, you know, the, the rest of the planets see in the future and want to, you know, create, uh, and, and create a boundary around.
1: Yeah. I think this could also be really good for like magic, your spiritual practice mm. divination. Cause you know, the moon in her domicile, the moon deals with magic as well. So yeah, I think that, openness with Neptune. I think we can expect our dreams to be very vivid around Mm. this new moon. And this could just be a time where, you know, trust your intuition or feed that muscle of intuition, feed that psychic muscle. So yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you practice astrology, (laughs) you might work with tarot, you might work with other forms of divination. So this may be, this may be one of those really good new moons to do your new moon ritual i'm um i'm the type of person who doesn't especially because now i have little kids i don't necessarily do a ritual for every new moon Mm -hmm. but this might be one that i (laughs) feel very called to make the space for i might clean my crystals on this day (laughs) clean them up
0: or right, hey, maybe you bring your maybe you bring the family into the ritual and it's a family ritual that you all do together and you set your intentions for the uh you know, the, the month ahead and then everybody's kind of connected to it and Oh yeah. You know, that could be fun depending on what your family looks like or <laughs> you Oh know, yeah, other no, my
1: three-year-old daughter she loves helping with that stuff oh. uh she i have a little venus on my altar and she's like let's give venus a bath today and <laughs> she gets so into it she loves it. she loves tarot cards she loves it It's <laughs> <That's> adorable <laughs> so, well, yeah. we, well we, we know she's on board she'll be <laughs> she'll be right there with you
0: yeah um yeah, so basically it is, I you know, I, I like this new moon. Um, it, it leads us into interesting territory, as we preface very, very in the beginning of this uh, yes, podcast. Yes,
1: very so, much.
0: So we are we are here now. Um, and so ba- right. we have arrived at <laughs> what we initially were talking about. And so just to sort of, I'm just going to lay it out there. I'm going to lay it out to the end of cancer season, right? So we can just kind of compartmentalize everything and put it together. But essentially, uh, we have the nodes. The nodes actually move into uh, um, Aries and Libra, like like an hour after the, or not even an hour. Like it's really soon after that that new moon. So we basically have that happening on the seventeenth, and then on the twentieth through the twenty first, which is uh, basically uh, Thursday and Friday. We have the sun completing its trine to Neptune. We have, uh, and also the getting ready to oppose Pluto, right? Because we talked about this chain. We -hmm. have Mars opposing uh, Saturn here, Um, and you know, once that those nodes shift, basically Pluto is in at the bending of the nodes now. So. that is that's big. That, that, that is a big thing that's happening. But of course, yeah. on top of that, we have uh Venus who is stationing uh retrograde mm-hmm. um right before Leo season, like hours. An hour like, like it's like hours. Yeah, it's yeah. it is like right before it's like Venus is like hi I'm stationed and then the Sun's like oh I'm in Leo. Yeah, here we go, <laughs> here we go. Let me go ahead and I'm just gonna put her station degree up. Um, so I mean, what do you think about d- just the
1: connection of all these things at once? Oh, it, my like anything? Like
0: yeah. Well, uh,
1: I mean, thinking about that new moon chart and how we're able to kind of like uh, like piece it apart and say, you know, well, here's the good things about this lunation. And here's the challenging things about this lunation, that lunation, you know, kind of sets a tone until the full moon. So that really is going to take us till the end there. And so we're going to be feeling that Pluto component there, especially as you said, the sun completes that opposition with Pluto on the 22nd. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's big stuff. This is big stuff looking at the nodes that you highlighted mel um it's interesting because as they switch that stationing yeah. venus now rules the south node and then you have this mars opposite saturn on mm-hmm. ruling the north node i loved what you said about duty and responsibility and like with um that mars in virgo opposite saturn and pisces like and i think something else about that we could say about that opposition is that there's gonna be a need to be patient. There's gonna be a need to slow down. Mars wants to steamroll ahead, and Saturn's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think that comes in good timing with Venus stationing to go retrograde. Cause she's also saying, hold on, let's let's slow things down a little bit. Um so yeah, that that's important, I feel. But yeah, I think the North Node in Aries. Um, being ruled by sort of that like harshness of that malefic opposition yeah that's and on the
0: degree of the um, eclipse itself because that's another thing to think about here too is that you know the nodes are actually finally making it to the eclipse degree of April
1: 19th that's major yeah so major (laughs)
0: It's, uh, and just thinking about just, you know, the fact that the sun Pluto opposition lights up that, that nodal energy at the same time, you know, especially thinking about like bigger uh, world picture, um, structures of like, you know, especially here in the U S the, you know, the U S being a cancer itself and thinking about the Pluto return. And one of the things that come up immediately in my mind is like here in San Diego, um, and I know this is a thing in many other places, um, but our our homeless situation has gotten mm. crazy. Like, I mean, it's OOC, out of control and mm. something like and so I'm seeing aspects like this, especially with that Saturn Pisces, because I feel like that Saturn Pisces energy really taps into Uh, You know the where does uh, the authority come in to help those in need or those that are you know or less than in some way or don't have enough you know that compassionate support, but also not even just to help that situation, but to help you know all the people that are you know busting their ass every day to pay like crazy amounts of money to live here, Mm -hmm. and but we're living in like this trash fill like it's just a it's, it's bad. Um, yeah. so it makes me wonder if so just locally, if some of that situation is going to sort of uh, kind of, kind of come to, uh, a, an apex, especially with Venus retrograding, because kind of like what you said before, Catherine, when especially when Venus retrograded in a Gemini, that connection of, um, you know, people being more outspoken about injustices and what's, you know, Venus retrograde and Leo, she does not want to look at no trash outside her, her front door. And like, she's like, things need to be looking good around here. I'm paying for this, you know? Yeah,
1: <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. Um, and thinking about too, like how just to kind of drive home what you and I were both seeing is like this part of the month looks a little treacherous because Venus is stationing retrograde. She's ready to go in disharmony mode. She's ready yeah. to sort of call out the mess, and yeah, and then you have this malefic standoff Mars and Saturn in in a standoff energy. Malefic planets, they they are here to get work done. They're here to um, a lot of times. There's a protection element there with the malefic planets, but a lot of times it just it just feels bad too, you know, when they're in harsh energies like this, like there can be um some sort of, again, to use the word disharmony, like there's something really tense there. There's a problem that needs to be solved. And the polarity that is being highlighted here is Virgo, which wants order, which wants control, which wants to move forward um, with Mars. Then we have Saturn in Pisces, which is saying, you know maybe there's nothing to be done maybe we kind of have to just kind of allow things to work out on their own or maybe we have to kind of just trust the process or things can't happen overnight or yeah there's there just seems to be a lot of presence of red tape around <laughs> this opposition of like we want to we want to solve things but we can't because there's like this confusing um bylaw or whatever it might be but yeah it just feels like the the tension is from wanting to do something and then either not knowing how or not being able to and having to just kind of trust the process. Yeah. so yeah
0: yeah and then through all that the, that t- tension you know people get frustrated people get angry people you know people are going to be outspoken i think that's where our mercury Ruling that Mars comes in because Mercury over there in Leo is basically getting to the square with Uranus, oh, and yeah. so that's just adding a whole other combustible uh, scenario within the tension of the Mars Mars uh, Saturn. Is the fact that you know that Mercury Uranus? It's like even if it even if something is getting in the way and there is that red tape, and you know the the we're, uh, you know the Sun Pluto is uh, opposing those powers. Like it's, it's not going to be a peaceful situation. It's going people are going to, you know, um, be outspoken, uh, and willing that there'll be, it be a catalyst for expression. Uh, and we'll just have to see how that goes.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing that it makes me think about, cause you know, with the node arriving at the eclipse degree, that's a major eclipse trigger yeah. And what was going on last e- eclipse season? Well, the former president got indicted. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like that might be taking to another level around this time. Um, Which yeah. Which makes sense
0: because that Venus is basically stationing on on his, his ascendant. Yeah. <laughs> and Mars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Justice is <laughs>
1: coming all through, <laughs> rolling on through. Yeah. And there, yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of tension there for people who've supported it, you know what I mean? So we may be seeing some of the repercussions of that. Um, but yeah, I think Mercury kind of moving from this very outspoken and very passionate square with Jupiter um, to Uranus, that is like the radical, the rebel kind of energy or like making a statement that, that is shocking or Um, information coming to light that is shocking or revealing with um, Mercury being like information and news and reveals with Uranus there. So there's something shocking that kind of comes to light with that as well. And the other element of this whole thing is Eris. And I know a lot of people don't um, put Eris in the charts or even put her on. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she's basically like sitting around, 25 Aries is basically where she's at these days, 24 Aries about. So she's in an exact square of that new moon at, at 24 Cancer. She's in an exact square of that. And again, Aries is, um, she wants her seat at the table. She wants representation. She wants to be included. She, she wants there to be equality. So it's interesting that, Eris stations on the same day as Venus and is also in a square with that new moon. So yeah, I think this is going to be a very rambunctious period. And whenever you see a lot of planetary shifts or a lot of planet stationing, there's big reversals and big turns of events happening in the world. So this will probably be a very eventful time in the world, and certainly in our own lives with Venus and It's like, it doesn't matter what your time Lord is at this stage. Like every planet seems to be doing something interesting. So in your own life, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting as well. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So everybody will be feeling it. Maybe if she's your time Lord, you'll be feeling a little bit more. Maybe (laughs) if you're a Taurus or a Libra rising, you'll definitely be feeling it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that will that will be there, but it is it is a it is a lineup. So we'll just have to sort of wait this one out and see uh, see where it takes us uh, at this point. But you can bet that the last days of cancer season, you know, and the, kind of that July, um, you know, really at July seventeenth and the new moon in that to that full moon cycle of uh, what Catherine was saying earlier, just kind of that two week period. You know, there's a lot built into that upcoming lunar cycle. So hold space for it. Um little angsty. A little angsty, a little angsty. (laughs) Well, that brings me to all right. I think we did uh, I think we did a good treatment despite um uh me being sick and us having like us in the, the balsamic hours of a, of a new moon that's coming. You've done um, great. <laughs> I think we did great, you know? We, we, we rolled with the Neptune. So, you know, this always comes to the point of the program where I'm like, Catherine, if you had one word to describe cancer season 2023,
1: what would it be? Oh, goodness. It's so tough because it's so... Like, there's just, I want to say angsty, but I also want to say magic because I think that there's a lot of Neptune there and the good kind of Neptune, I think. The so. good kind. <laughs> <laughs> there is a good kind
0: of Neptune. It's true. You know, it's Neptune. Neptune just throws us for a loop because there's varying shades <laughs> of Neptune, you know? Yes. But yeah. yeah. So all right, magic. I like magic. I like magic. It's the moon's month, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a lot going on. God, I don't even, I'm like, do I even have, like, do I even have a word? I'm like, what is my
1: summary? Because it's right. There's just so many different I can think of other variables. Like connection, self-expression, mm. authentic self-expression. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. Because going with the moon, like the moon can change every day, so. <laughs> oh,
0: the only word that came into my mind was protection for whatever reason. It might go with your magic. Ooh. You know, when you do magic, you do need a little bit of protection there. Protection but spell. I'm yeah. thinking about, like, the, the, the cancer shell. I'm thinking about that Mars, Saturn, and just Saturn being activated. But also yeah. Neptune, when Neptune's activated, like, you can't be too... With water, you can't be too porous,
1: mm-hmm. you know. Yeah.
0: Um, otherwise, things just run through you, or people trample over you, you know. Totally. <laughs> like, like there might be there's this element of you know kind of self nurturing and self care, or like or care for the family. It's like, oh, well, how do I, how do I protect myself? How do I protect others? It doesn't have to be in like a fear mongering state. It could be in just the little things, like how do I protect myself so that you know, I am f- feel financially stable or feel like I'm putting the right nutrients into my body. And, you know, like there's many different ways we can look at protection, but I guess that's sort of my, my word that's coming up here. Love it. Oh, all right. Well, wow, that was a, <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna need to go rest. I'm like, I am feeling it. So before we go here, Catherine, where can people find
1: you? What you got going on? All right. So you can find me at Um, I'm starting a course in three Ooh. months from now. So right around the fall equinox, I am starting a course on transits. So I've got that going on. And I'm also about to post up a webinar um, that is covering the unification of solar returns and annual perfections. So yeah, those are some Mm -hmm. new offerings and upcoming offerings that I have. But in the meantime, you can also connect with me at Astro of Catherine on Instagram and Patreon. I also have a monthly astrological meetup. So like once a month I do, I hold court, (laughs) (laughs) like have an event and everyone's welcome to drop in um, and do that with me. It's called Cauldron. So uh, we are there to concoct astrological Um, mischief and magic. So yeah, if you if you want to come, I have like a roster of the events for the year that's on my website as well. Oh, I love it. And I will give a shout out
0: for Catherine for since cancer season. Um, weren't you doing you were doing a little series on your YouTube not too long ago about family dynamics and astrology, right?
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I have that going on too. Um, it's a little series called the family astrologer and I'm talking about family dynamics and it's, it's plugging along. I'm, I don't have like a rigorous schedule with it. It's very lunar. It's very like, yeah. if I I'm well, feeling feel inspired, inspired, yeah. Yeah. Or if, um, I'm able to like scheduling with guests is hard. <laughs> I'm learning how to do that. Um, I'm starting to branch out and bring on guests. So that's, that's hard um, <laughs> especially when your schedule's already limited, but, yeah. um, yeah, but I've got that going on and that's so fun. And I love, I love that topic. So.
0: Yeah. So definitely go check that out. Cause she's got some good videos up there that, uh, speak to, I mean, family dynamics, but also when we think about family and astrology, you know, cause the, the people that we are in, you know, in, in family with, it's, it's not random, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> not real astrology proves that in yeah, my opinion. It's, yeah. it's fascinating stuff. So definitely go check that out. So, all right. Well, where can you find me? You can find me over at energeticprinciples.com. And of course, I will share a blog post with Catherine's information uh, over there. So you can find both of us there. Um, you can, uh, I will be back uh, actually here in a couple weeks uh, to with a podcast. Uh, Gray Crawford will be joining me again to do a sort of little summary on the half point of the year. But we will also be doing an episode uh Solely dedicated to uh, Venus retrograde. So, if you want to know more about just Venus retrogrades in general, and this one coming up, we'll be doing a more in-depth treatment of that before she she hits that station point. Um, and you can also find me sometimes on social media in Energetic Principles. Um, and also, if you're not watching this on YouTube, and or even if you are, I. Uh, I'm trying to build my subscribers to a thousand subscribers so that I can, I have some ideas to do uh, a few uh, kind of live uh, opportunities coming up. And the the beauty of doing the live is that if you have a certain amount of followers, you get different perks from YouTube. And so I'm getting there. So if you can come give me a subscribe uh, just to help a girl out, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, and you can find that link, I think, well, through my website, I should probably put it on where the description here too. But uh, yeah, help help a girl out. Give me give me a subscribe. Um, I think that is all that I got. Oh, and I will say I have my monthly newsletter, the Heavenly Wind, that goes out at the beginning of each month. So if you want to sign up for that, you can do so for free on my mailing list, which is at the bottom of energeticprinciples.com. So, all right, well, you know, if you liked what you heard here today, leave a review wherever you listen to the podcast, especially uh, Apple Podcasts, because that's the one that counts. Um, It helps get seen a little further here for both myself and all the guests that join me. Uh, Spread it the good news. Share with a friend. There's a lot to say about cancer season, so let other people know what's going on so that they're prepared in those final days. (laughs) So they're like, what is going on in the world? You know, this helps you prepare. So, all right. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for joining me again. It's always a pleasure to host you on the podcast. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Mel. It's been a pleasure to join you and to be in conversation with you. Um, Yeah. Thanks so much. It's been a lot of fun.
0: All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in to us talking all about cancer season 2023. We wish you the best of luck out there. Get into your magic. Keep your protection. Uh, We'll see you on the other side. And as always, may the stars be with you.